0: Hi there, it's Alana. You are listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. Big hello and welcome. I've got a productivity topic to share with you today. These are the audio versions of two videos I recorded for our members only group a little while ago about how to know where your time is going. So the first half of this episode. The first part is going to be about getting yourself a time audit so that you really get a good feel for what you're spending your time on. And then part two is going to deal with now that you know what you're spending your time on, we're going to sort of triage our obligations and figure out what we should keep on doing more of what we can do less of what we can even hire out or eliminate altogether. So that is today's episode. I hope it's really encouraging for you and helps you to become even more productive and to use your time in a more efficient way, which is going to lead to more creative energy for you, which is what the world needs is for you to have creative energy to keep on writing the books that you're writing. Hey there, it's Alana. I want to talk to you today about giving yourself a time audit to really see where your time is going and how you can become even more efficient. So if you've never heard of what a time audit is, it's where basically for a week or two, you keep track almost to the minute, actually not even almost, you keep track to the minute of what you're doing win. And the goal is not so that for 14 hours a day, you're being super productive. And for an hour and a half a day, you're eating your meals and the rest of the time you're sleeping. Like nobody, most of us, I won't presume to speak for everybody. Most of us don't want to live that way. We don't want to always be on. But It is really, really important to know where your time is going. And even the times when you are stepping back from work, it's great to take ownership of that and to be like, hey, you know what? I am doing this deliberately. I actually dislike using the word procrastination in a lot of cases, because when I step away from work, even if it looks like procrastination, I'm doing that with a purpose. Maybe it's so that I have time to think through an issue. Maybe it's because my body's telling me it's time to take a break or my creativity knows it's time to take a break. Or maybe I'm just being proactive and slowing down so that I don't have to worry about burnout later on. Like My body will very, very easily let me know if I'm overworking by usually getting sick. I don't often have the luxury of not getting sick if I overwork, So a lot of times I will slow down preemptively to try to avoid that. So some people kind of resist the idea of a time audit because it makes them feel like they always need to be doing something that is super productive. If you've heard of the Wibbo test, this is kind of the beef I have. The Wibbo test, I cannot remember the name of the author who penned it, but he's well known in the indie author community. And it's uh, it stands for, would I be better off writing, Wibble? And so maybe you're playing a computer game and you ask yourself, would I be better off writing? Well, of course I would. You're chatting with your best friend. Well, would you be better off writing? Now, some people are gonna say, yeah, and that's why I take the difference. We need things that are not writing in order to be mentally, um, I don't wanna say stable. What do I wanna say? In order to be mentally strong, we need to be doing things that aren't just writing. And in order for our writing to remain relevant to our readers, we need to be out and interacting and doing things that aren't writing. So that's kind of my beef with this mentality, that like the only productive thing that you can be doing is sitting typing a first draft. I disagree with that pretty extensively. But I do think that a time audit can be very, very, very useful, but going into it again, I just want to point out that we are talking about productivity from a deliberate based mentality and not a shame based mentality. So that, yeah, maybe you are playing a computer game. Maybe you're sitting and reading a novel for two hours. Maybe it's not even a novel in your genre. You just like to read. That's totally fine. I want to get away from any type of discussion about productivity that is shame based or you should be doing this instead of that. I think that taking care of your health, your relationships, your mental energy, your creativity is just as important as getting words on the page. Right. So, with that being said, let's talk about how you can give yourself a time audit. You can do this on paper. You can get a notebook. There are apps that will actually allow you to do this. I had an app. It turned into basically it was an app that was designed for people who are keeping track of their hours, like working from home. So you can set up different clients, but I called my clients things like editing, marketing, uh, writing email, you know, things like that. And so anytime that I switched from one task to the other, I kind of just logged out in the app. That's one way to do it. You can also just, again, keep track of it on pen and paper, right? From 10 to 11, I read a book from 11 to 11, 15. I answered emails. You can do this in a spreadsheet as well. I, I can't walk you through how to make the formulas, but I know there are formulas that exist. So that even if you, like, if you mark down 1115 to 1120, you were doing this, it can kind of automatically calculate the time involved. So for those of you who love spreadsheets, um, it's probably something you can create or maybe Google like a um, a time audit spreadsheet, or yeah, basically those are the three ways. There's spreadsheets, there's apps, or there's good old pencil and paper. But basically what you do, is you write down what you're doing and what time you're doing it. And it can help you see if you've got like weak areas. A weak area would be maybe you're bouncing too much from thing to thing. So maybe you're writing for 15 minutes here and then another 45 minutes here. And then 35 minutes here and yeah maybe that's how your schedule works but maybe there's a way that you can kind of get a bigger chunk of writing time to be a little more efficient or maybe you're like a lot of people and you're on social media way too much and that just kind of becomes your go-to maybe even just doing the time out of itself can make you more aware of how you're spending the time. In the same way that keeping track of what you eat, even if you're not deliberately making changes, but just writing down everything you eat can help you be more mindful about overeating. In the same way, just knowing that you're gonna have to log down. Yeah, I was on Facebook again. (laughs) That can help you be a little bit more deliberate There's a time to be on Facebook, right? There's a time to turn off your brain. There's a time to look at goofy cat videos, all of these things. If you want to be doing them, we could make time for them. The goal though is to be deliberate. And so you don't feel like you got sucked into the cat video time vortex. You feel like, you know what? You got a lot of stuff done and now it's time that you can reward yourself with some funny cat videos. So those are some of the benefits of a time audit. It can be very eye-opening, but again, we want to go into it with a sense of, having this empower us to know how we can make even better choices. And it's not about making yourself feel bad for what you are doing. So that is today's talk. I hope it was helpful for you and we'll talk to you later. Okay, so recently we talked about giving yourself a time audit, and so this next little talk here is going to be a follow-up to that. So for the time audit, you've kept track of all the things that you're doing in any given day, and now what's really, really useful is to go through the tasks that you're spending the most time on and assign each task into one of four areas. So area one is things you can totally eliminate, things you can totally automate, things you can delegate, or things that you want to optimize. So let's go through each of those kind of one at a time. The things you can eliminate are things that are not moving the needle forward for you. They might be good things. They might even be things that you've heard me or another book marketing expert tell you that you should be doing, but there are times where it makes way more sense to focus on the things that are working well for you instead of trying to spread yourself out so thin and trying to do a little bit of everything a really good example of this let's say that you have amazing facebook ads and your facebook ads are doing great you've heard because i've said so and other people have said so it's a good idea to not rely just on one marketing tactic right so that way if facebook changes their algorithm or something like that you've got a backup plan in place so you start focusing on amazon ads and they just never really seem to work for you. Like maybe you spend $50 on Amazon ads and you get $30 back in sales your first month. It's not bad, it's not great, but let's say you spent 20 hours getting ready to do that. And I'm not talking about the time it takes to learn the platform, I'm talking about just to get the ad set up. Hopefully next month you're gonna see more traction, but if I'm on three or four, you're still having amazing success with Facebook ads and your Amazon ads, no matter what you do, just don't seem to be doing it for you, you know what, it's time to walk away. Maybe you can hire out your Amazon ads or maybe you just decide this is not worth it. So this is where we bring in the 80-20 principle, which is like 80% of your results are gonna be coming from the top 20% of what you do. And a really good question to be asking yourself, no matter what you're doing, is are you in an 80% kind of task or 20% kind of task? So yeah, maybe you get to where your Amazon ads, you can get them to spend $100 a month and you get $120 back in book sales. That's great. That's profit right there. But if it's taking you 20 hours a month just to make $20, sure, it's a little bit of progress, but it's definitely not the best use of your time. So these are the things that you can eliminate. Sometimes it's going to mean that you're not going to do things that people suggest that you do, but you can always tell yourself you can come back to it later, right? Eliminating doesn't mean you're never going to go back and try it. It just means now is not the time for me. I've made the conscious choice that I'm not going to focus on Instagram. I don't have an account there. I don't have a presence there. I'm not a user there. It's not really a platform that I want to learn right now. Maybe next year I will be recording a video about how Amazon, or sorry, how Instagram is the very best place for you to be marketing your books, right? But for right now, it's in my eliminate pile. And the next thing that you can ask yourself is what can you automate? Maybe there are certain things that you're doing on a daily or weekly basis that you can find a way to actually make more automatic. For example, when I just started my newsletter list, I was delivering the free ebooks by hand. So anytime someone signed up for my form, I got an email and then I went and sent an email back with a link to the free book. That is not an efficient use of time. And there were so many tools that will automate so many processes for you. Maybe you find that at the end of every month, you're spending a couple hours just like getting bills paid, whether those are bills for the business or even your personal bills. And you decide, you know what, some of those you can automate. You can have money coming in and scheduled to go out just when it should so that you don't have to go in and manually do those adjustments every single month or every single week, right? So as you're looking through the list of things that you spend time on every day or every week, ask yourself, are any of these things that you can automate especially in your day-to-day life, right? You don't need to just automate things for your business. There are things in your day-to-day life you can automate. It's one reason why I choose to wear this pink sweater every single time I stand in front of the camera and record a podcast or an interview or a training course for you. It's so that I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear, right? Anything that you can automate like that. This is the same type of reason why people will get their groceries delivered on a subscription basis or things like that so that it just happens and you don't have to think about it. Next thing we want to talk about is what's something that you can delegate, right? So we talked about what you can eliminate, what you can automate. Now let's talk about what you can delegate. And this is where going back and finding, not going back, I mean, going forward <laughs> and finding someone to help you in your author business can be a huge boost to your productivity, to your output, and it can free up so much mental energy, right? This is where I talked about maybe you hire out the ads, maybe you hire out your social media. A huge thing that I like to hire out is the customer service type things. I have an assistant who helps respond to emails from people when they ask, you know, I don't know how to get this ebook onto my device. Can you help me? Right? Anything that feels tedious and draining for you, especially as you go through that list, like as you go through the list of things you've done all week, what would you love to not have to do anymore? Okay, maybe that can fall into the eliminate pile. Maybe it falls into the delegate pile. A lot of people like to hire out their social media presence. If I were to start Instagram, that's probably where I would begin. What can you hire out? And a great question to ask yourself, it's not, okay, if I pay somebody a hundred dollars this month to do this task for me, will I get an extra hundred dollars back? That's not quite the right way to look at it. The right way to look at it is, will I earn back time and mental energy? And is that time and mental energy that I'm earning back worth a hundred bucks? When I first hired my assistant, One of the big things that she was going to do for me was handle all the uploads, because since I'm wide and since I go direct to a lot of platforms, each time I have a new book to publish, it needs to be uploaded in five or six different places. And that was getting so tedious. And I was actually making mistakes because I just wanted to get the process done with. And I was kind of scared because I knew that I was going to be paying out. And so what I I didn't ask myself, okay, let's say I was going to pay her two hundred dollars to do all my uploads one month. The question wasn't, will I make $200 more than I would have if I had done this myself? The question was that I asked myself, you know what? If somebody told me that I could buy a piece of software that would do all of my uploads for me? Would I pay 200 a month for that? And the answer is yes. All right, so that's a way to look at it. It doesn't have to necessarily be an exact money to time exchange. It can be more about the freedom that it gives you and the mental energy that it clears up so that you can be even more productive as a writer, right? So those are the things that you can delegate. Even if it's something that feels quick, when you do your time audit, you might find it's taking a lot more time than you think. So for example, I went through a time audit just a couple of weeks ago. I had been recording videos for one of my courses and I recorded, I like I worked for two hours and ended up with half an hour's worth of recordings because I was doing the uploads. I was doing the downloads. I was taking them from here and putting them on here. If there needed to be something edited out, I was the one doing that. It didn't feel like it was taking nearly that much time. But it was. So that's another reason why the time audit can be so um, revealing. Is that it shows you what you are spending time on in tiny chunks and those tiny chunks add up to huge chunks. And then lastly, after you've thought about what you want to eliminate, what you want to automate and what you want to delegate, you can ask yourself, what do you want to optimize? What do you want to treasure and just keep on doing more and more of? And that's what you can do. That's another reason why I ended up hiring a first draft editor to just clean up all my typos. I realized that, yes, it was something I could do, but it was something like I hated the process so much that it almost made me not want to even write a first draft because I I was, like oh well if i write this first draft then i'm just going to end up with a big mess to clean up right so by focusing on what you can eliminate automate and delegate it allows you to just treasure and optimize the things that you want to keep doing so i hope that that was useful for you and that as you kind of think about what you're spending your time on that you find some things that you can get rid of things that you can hand over to someone else to do things that you can put on autopilot so you don't have to think about them And that frees you up to just enjoy so much more of what you're doing. You've been listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. If you want some help with your Amazon ads and don't know where to start, you can get the Amazon ads starter kit for free when you sign up at courses.alanaterri.com slash kit. This will give you everything you need to get your ads running in 30 minutes or less when you sign up for free at courses.alanaterri.com slash kit for your Amazon ads starter kits today.